Welcome to Mommy Diary, the podcast. I'm your host, Angela Kim. I'm a creative, lifestyle blogger, and mom of four. This podcast is all about honest stories of motherhood and real conversations with real mothers just like you. Unlike my Instagram account, not everything will be beautiful. I promise to be vulnerable and share stories of all the struggles and the incredible moments we all share as women and mothers. So do me a favor and screenshot this episode, add it to your IG stories, then tag me at Mommy Diary. I'd love to feature you on my Insta stories. We're all in this together, mamas. Let's dive into the show. Hi friends, welcome to Mommy Diary, the podcast. Today, I will be talking about how to begin a blog and monetize an authentic online brand. Before I begin, this was actually what I wanted to discuss next and recent events um, around the Black Lives Matter movement and just, you know, a lot of brands and public figures um, being called out for past racist behaviors. A lot of them were just very surprising and just heartbreaking, infuriating, and it really made me rethink about what an online brand is supposed to be. And, you know, I was always a proponent of having an authentic brand, um, a purpose-driven brand, and that's what I stood by from day one of um, beginning this brand called Mommy Diary. It was just a blog. But there was uh, a clear meaning and value behind it. And um, I want to talk more about what you can do to build a brand or a blog that is not only successful in a monetizing sense, not just for money, but successful in making a difference, uh, making a positive difference and being an empowering and valuable voice in the community. So um, let me just give you a little background about how I began my blog. So Mommy Diary was not my first blog. I've had a few blogs before this. There were, you know, nothing that was really serious. I think the reason why it never took off was because even I lacked clear direction with my own uh, brand and my own voice. And I wasn't ready to really be truly um, honest with my stories. I was still in the process of healing. So I had a few blogs before Mommy Diary, and that was mostly for myself, for, you know, therapy reasons, which I think is also very valuable. So if you're a writer, a photographer, or, um, you know, a DIY creative, you know, you do gardening, whatever it is that really fulfills your soul. I think there's nothing wrong with just sharing that and beginning a blog that starts from your hobby. I think it's very healthy for us to have a creative outlet. But Mommy Diary, I had a big vision for this and I really wanted this to be a community of mothers where we can come together and share honest stories, just the, you know, the, the ups and downs. And, and as you guys know, I love photography. I love pretty photos. I'm into all things feminine and floral. And, you know, my brand aesthetic is very, I guess, pretty, you know, girly, but that's not all that mommy diary is about. Um, when I first began my blog, it started with a, a very honest story of my experience of postpartum depression. When I wrote this, I was literally in tears. I remember locking myself in um, our master bedroom. I told my husband, 
I really want to start this blog and there's a story that I want to tell moms and I know this story is valuable. He said, okay. So I said, okay, I'm just going to go in my um, bedroom and I'm going to write. So please just give me some time. I was in there for two whole days. You know, of course, I, I think I left the room to eat, you know, to, to play with my kids a bit. But that was the first time I actually took time seriously away from my daily mom duties to start my blog. And I dedicated this time for, you know, this thing that I wanted to accomplish for a long time, this vision, this dream that I had, which was um, Mommy Diary. So that's how I started my blog, just on my laptop in my master bedroom. Two days, I wrote a very honest, detailed account of my journey through postpartum depression and special needs parenting. So if you go back to my old posts, like you won't, you won't see anything about travel or lifestyle or, you know, you won't see pretty photos. What you'll see is a really raw account of how one mother you know, like found herself through these challenges and found herself on the other side. So from the very beginning, I had a clear vision of my brand and my blog. I really had no idea like that I can really truly turn this into a full-time job that makes me like serious income. That part I didn't know. I was hopeful and I knew that other bloggers were doing it. But, you know, I didn't know if that was possible for me, but it didn't matter because I knew that even if there was one reader out there, if I, even if my audience was like 10 people, I thought that was enough because I had a purpose behind my um, stories. And I think this is very important for you to remember as well. If you're serious about beginning a brand or a blog, you need to really have um, a purpose. There has to be not just an exploration of how, but why. Like, why do you want to begin a blog? You know, yeah, sure. You know, curating a beautiful page and sharing tutorials is great. And that's very valuable. But, you know, it's been done many times. And I think that's another big problem or a big question people have is, but there's so many, you know, bloggers already doing this. And which is a very valid question. You know, you can't put in so much time and energy into something if you're simply recreating someone else and what they're doing. So I would highly recommend you to explore why you want to start a blog. And I also want to uh, remind you that you have a very beautiful and unique perspective that no one else has. So, you know, even if, for example, let's say you too suffer from postpartum depression and you want to share your story. But you know that, you know, Angela at Mommy Diary shares her story of postpartum depression and mental health, but that's okay. You know, your story matters too. And you might be able to bring a unique perspective that I didn't cover. So I would say, yes, there is always room for more voices, but uh, make sure that voice and that perspective is unique. If you're just regurgitating what someone else has, and you know, sadly, there are influencers and bloggers in today's space that do this, where you know their um, entire brand is like a regurgitation of someone else's. So you'll come across very similar looking feeds. Everyone looks the same. They're dressed the same. They all wear the same things. And you know, don't get me wrong. Sometimes we are inspired by what we see. But as a creative, as a true blogger, I believe that your job is to create, not to copy. And, you know, I personally have dealt with this where I had 
people in the blogging community that would take my ideas, you know, and I know that they were overly inspired by something that I created. They don't credit me. Um, they don't comment on it. And you just know that's kind of how they're building their brand. And you will run into this as your brand grows. And I think this is something that a lot of creators deal with. Um, you know, even big brands are copying and taking ideas of smaller influencers and bloggers and using them and monetizing from that as their own. But, you know, don't be deterred by that. You keep being your original, authentic self. And your audience will know that you're the real deal and you will create a community that adds value to your brand. And hopefully you will be able to create a brand and a blog that adds value to your community. Okay, so with that said, for me, it took me some time, I'd say about three years to really start like making money, but even then it was like hundreds of dollars or free product. It wasn't much. And I know there are people who get there much quicker. I think for me, it's because I didn't take it as seriously. When I first began, because I was a full-time stay-at-home mom, I didn't have help with childcare. So I was mom first and blogger second. And, you know, I think it was needed at the time. My girls were still young, so I couldn't really take this that seriously. But I do know that if I took my blog more seriously than I did back then, it would have grown quicker and I would have garnered an audience quicker. But, you know, I'm not regretting that. I know there's um, time and place for everything. But, you know, please know that even for yourself, you need to take your blog and your brand seriously and you need to be willing to make the investment, whether it's financial or if it's time, you have to be willing to put in the work. Um, if you don't take it seriously, others won't either. And it's really funny, like the energy you put out to the universe, even regarding your blog, that's what you'll get back. So if you're putting in hours into it, it will show like your results will be rewarded. I mean, your um, efforts will be rewarded and you will see a result. Sometimes it may not look exactly the way you planned. It may come at a different time or according to a different timeline, but that's okay because there's value in the process. But you know, if you're not taking it seriously, if you're only creating content when you have time or when you're feeling like it, or you know, you're just kind of being lazy about it, not keeping yourself accountable, then know that you're, it'll be reflected and you're not going to get the result that you want. So I definitely want to um, remind you that blogging takes real work and dedication and there's no one to hold you accountable but yourself. So make sure that you're serious about this endeavor before you jump into it because blogging takes a lot of work and a lot of time, a lot of unpaid time. So I don't think blogging is for everyone. You know, I think um, to be a successful blogger, you need to be creative and expressive, um, whatever that looks like, because, you know, naturally bloggers create new content and you have to express whatever idea or whatever product that it is that you're creating. You need to express that and um, deliver that to your audience in a way that works and that sells. But, you know, if you're not these things, you might, you know, if you're wanting to be a blogger because um, you want the fame, you're chasing money, then I don't think, you know, it's going to be really good because you're going to spend some time working without pay. And, you know, that's really hard. You know, you don't want to be driven by money, especially not in this industry. So 
I definitely want you to explore and really reflect on why you want to start blogging. And also ask yourself this, like, do I see value in sharing my stories and the tips and the resources that I have? You know, you have talents and skills that could be valuable to other people, but are you willing? Do you see value in it? Do you believe in that? Because blogging is one of those things where no one's going to give you permission and say, oh, yes, I think your skill is ready to be marketable. It doesn't work that way. Like you don't just sit around and wait for permission. You have to be the person to drive that. If you don't see value in your skill or in your story, it's going to be hard to convince others of that. So for example, um, I saw value in sharing my postpartum depression story because when I was going through it, I was looking for other moms or, you know, articles online. You know, I was, articles were helpful, but I wanted to read like real life stories and I wasn't able to find many. Um, this was over 10 years ago. Now you're able to find a lot. But when I was going through it, there was um, a lack of voices. So I believed in the value. I knew, man, I wish... I had something like this when I was going through it. So if there's a void, then maybe it's your job to fill that void. And I want you guys to remember that. So, you know, whatever product or service or idea you have, if you know that it's not being done, perhaps that is your space for you to grow your voice and your online presence. And again, I want to remind you that there are so many different perspectives and these diverse perspectives matter, especially in today's online space where we're really encouraged to diversify our feeds. You know, we should be following not only people that look like us, but people in various diverse cultures. I think it's a beautiful movement. And when you're in the online space, you can connect with so many people worldwide you know, versus just being limited to your own local community where it might be more homogenous. But that's the beauty of having an online space and a digital platform. And, you know, I want you guys to know that you too have the voice and the power to make a difference and to really build a purpose-driven business. So when you want to begin a blog or a brand, um, you have to think of a name. And many people like to use their own name. I would say that's a really smart way to go, especially if you have a really cool name that is memorable. For me, Angela Kim is such a common name that it really didn't do anything for me to strengthen my brand. That's why I came up with the name Mommy Diary. I still love the name. I think the name is something that I can grow into and the name can um, grow with me. There are definitely people, I have uh, blogger friends who have rebranded successfully as they evolve, as their perspective changes. Um, and you definitely can rebrand later down the line. But if possible, you know, try to think of a name that can grow with you, that you can grow into. And I believe that our brands, like these names have their own power and it kind of grows on its own. And you want to be able to accommodate to the growth of yourself, your voice, your life story and your brand. So you can do this by playing around with the few keywords that you resonate with. Um, be true to yourself. Keep it simple but memorable. And, you know, avoid unique spellings and word, word plays that can be confusing to others. Like you might think, oh, this is so brilliant and creative. But if it's hard to remember, it's not a good brand name. Um, keep it simple and memorable and impactful. 
I always want to say, I always like to tell people, try to visualize aesthetic. And by this, what I mean is you should know what your brand looks like. Think about, you know, colors that you always gravitate towards, certain images or symbolisms that you really connect with. You want to, you want this process to be yourself to start from within. Um, there are influencers that create a whole brand based on what someone else has done. And, you know, I know that there are people who are kind of in the space that do this, but I personally think that's kind of uh, cheesy and people can tell because if you're like every other page, if you're like every other influencers, the brands and other um you know, people that they can tell, you know, especially because the space is so saturated. So I would say, you know, if you're between something that's working for other people and something that you absolutely love, I would say stick with what you absolutely love and what you resonate with, because that is how you can begin to build an authentic brand. Like for me, I'm still using um, these very like feminine, you know, like mauve, like blush, kind of pinkish, purplish tones on my blog. And it's so funny because even when I started uh, blogging when I was in college, I used very similar colors. Um, so I naturally gravitate towards these colors on this palette. And I never thought about changing that. It's something that I love. I never get tired of it. And I think that is a uh, key to a successful branding is you need to love it and it needs to be suitable for you. Don't just choose a set of colors because it's working for someone else that would be like wearing someone else's clothes you know like this outfit looks so cute on somebody else but when you put it on you don't really it doesn't really feel like you same thing with branding same thing with colors and the font choices choose something that reflects your personal style and you know like be true to yourself and make sure that no one in your industry is using the same name. So like Mommy Diary is very general. When I started now, I think there are a few other uh, mom accounts that are um, using this name. But when I started, there was none. Even though it's very easy and simple, there was um, no one that was using this name in the mom blogger, the lifestyle blogger space. But if there was, I would have chosen a different name. Um, so make sure that no one in your industry is using something similar because that can lead to copyright issues. And again, it'll prevent you from really being authentic to your voice. When you start, uh, I highly recommend buying a domain. This is a question I get a lot. Do I need a domain? I would say yes. You don't not, you don't need the most professional looking website from the get go. You don't need, you know, something so, you know, perfect, but you do need a domain that reflects who you are because it's more professional and it'll help you to take your brand more seriously as well as your sponsors. And, you know, you got to think of it as an investment. It's an investment for your future voice. So, you know, it doesn't cost a lot of money. I think it costs about like, I could be totally wrong, but under $20, you can buy a domain on godaddy.com, depending on. And if you use platforms like Bluehost, they host different domains. You can get a free domain name with 12 month subscription. I believe Square Space works the same way. So this is something I would recommend, you know, make sure you do invest in a domain name and a space. Um, I personally love WordPress. I started using Squarespace because I thought Squarespace was just easier to use and um, the design was just more professional than what I could do myself on WordPress. 
I eventually ended up switching over to WordPress, and I do know that this is the industry standard for professional blogs. It allows for more flexibility, customization, plugins, and just various tools that you'll find valuable. So if you can, I would recommend starting with WordPress. And there are so many um, templates that you can find on Etsy or creativemarket.com or, you know, it doesn't cost you a lot of money to set it up. It may, if you're completely new to it, it might take some learning, but most of this, these templates that you purchase on Etsy or Creative Market, it comes with a very clear tutorial, um, like direction. So you can just use that. And that's another thing I want to speak about. When you're a vlogger, you're going to have to teach yourself a lot of skills because when you're a vlogger, you're doing everything, photography, editing, writing. You got to kind of learn how to do little things on WordPress, you know, plugins and I spent hours on YouTube just learning how to do these things. And, you know, you do, you are able to teach yourself. Now I outsource. I have professionals that help me. But when I first started, I did everything myself. And I'm really glad that I did because I got to learn um, different things. I'm definitely not an expert, but I now am a little more well-versed in, you know, just blogging on the front end, back end, uh, because I took the time to learn and teach myself. So that's another skill that, you know, may not come natural for you, but you're able to learn. And um, another thing that I wanted to mention about blogging is that you are in full control over what you share and what you don't share. Um, you don't have to disclose every part of your life, contrary to what people may think. I know there are bloggers who are really concerned about sharing their children. And I was, I, I was in that category. I didn't use my kids' real names um, initially. Eventually, I felt like safer to use my kids' names, but I never disclosed like where we live, what schools they go to, or their teachers' names, anything like that for their for their safety. But I feel that you know there are just so many families and children online that as long as you remain safe and you're mindful about what you share and when you share it, there is a way to balance that out. I mean, there are bloggers who, you know, are successful without sharing their kids' faces and names, um, although it's more rare, you know, so that's, you know, up to you and your comfort level, you know, what feels right for you and your family. It may be something that you discuss with your spouse if you have a husband or um, a partner, because, you know, you have to kind of gauge what their comfort level is when it comes to sharing your children. My husband personally doesn't like to be in a lot of my content, which I completely um, respect. He's a very behind the scenes person, but he helps me behind the scenes. I, he'll help with, you know, watching the kids. I can get work done. He'll do photos for me and, you know, he'll help me like manage my children if we're doing a shoot together so he does help he's not into being on camera himself but he is okay with um, my children but of course we're mindful so for example like if we're I never post where we're at when we're there can batch post later so let's say we're at Disneyland 
I don't know. Well, I guess Disneyland's a little different because there's a ton of people there. Let's say we're at like an aquarium. Like I don't say we're there until after. So I might just take all the clips and then I'll hold on to it. And then once we leave, I'll start posting. You know, I think I know a lot of other um, moms do this. If they're sharing their children and their family stories online, you can always post after the fact. Um, if we're ever on vacation, then I always post after as well most of the time you know, again these are rules not set in stone but so far i've never had issues with privacy and safety but of course i'm always mindful and i'm not i'm very mindful about what type of photos i share of my kids and i think maybe this online safety and children could be another topic in itself so i don't want to go into too much detail here but yeah, you are in full control over what you share. You don't have to disclose every part of your life. So, you know, that's why what you see on the social media is not everything. So, you know, please refrain from judging other social media people because what we see is only a, a snippet of it. So when I started blogging, um, it was more of like a journalistic type of entries. So I would just write personal stories. And then Instagram started like kind of getting bigger and more popular and more and more people started using Instagram. So Instagram is like a micro blog, right? You share photos and then you share captions. And I fell in love with it because I loved, I just love taking photos of my kids every day, like sharing snippets of my daily life as a mom of two. It was just so fun for me. And then I started seeing like small brands, you know, on their bio, it'll say, hey, you know, DM us for collaboration. And that's, I think, where this whole collaboration, like sponsor posts started happening. So initially, I would see it was more between like regular people, content creators, just anyone really, and a small brand. So they'll collaborate, they'll be sent a product, you know, you use a product, you review the product, you share a photo with the product, and you get the product in exchange. So yeah, like it was really fun taking photos of my kids. You know, I would sometimes get free products, dresses or toys, and I would share that. And then eventually larger brands began to take notice. They started saying, wow, there's a lot of people on this platform and they're like really sharing. I think that's where influencer marketing began. These days, I think a lot of jobs do come through Instagram. I think now TikTok is really big. So a lot of um, brands are looking into TikTok for promotions. But for me, still, most of my jobs come through Instagram. I share on Facebook, my blog, as well as my Pinterest because I have a very active Pinterest page. But, you know, brands like Instagram because it's still used by, I don't know the exact number, I mean, millions of people worldwide. And it's very versatile. You know, you have your feed and then you have your Instagram stories that can take you to like behind the scenes, like the less curated, which I think people love because it's more relatable. So Instagram is still a favorite amongst brands. And um, when I first started Instagram, or I think in the beginning was a lot of like fashion Instagrammers or fashion bloggers, I should say sharing their outfit of the day but and then the mom market like the moms began sharing you know their daily motherhood stories pictures of their kids and their children wearing certain things and then now i would say that the whole motherhood community this term mom influencers really became like a thing through instagram so with those things um with that said I know many of you guys may wonder, okay, so how do I grow an audience on my platform? 
I guess for this, I would say you know this applies to anything really, whether you like to use your blog or YouTube or Instagram or even TikTok. I hear the same story. TikTok is still new to me, and I'm having struggle. I'm having trouble creating regular content on there because I have my blog and I have the podcast and I have、um, my Instagram. Like those are my main things, and it's okay to not use all platforms. But I would say it's very important for your brand to be outside of、uh, these social media platforms because what happens if that social media platform goes down or something happens? Like you can't rely, you can't put your entire brand on one platform. So again, I you don't have to be on every single platform. Like use a platform that speaks to you that you enjoy. But、um, I would say try to have at least a, a website or a blog outside of your、um, Instagram or your TikTok or your YouTube. I know a lot of、um, I don't know too much about YouTube vlogs, so I don't want to speak on that. But I do know that most、um, influencers that do really well on YouTube do have websites. So I would say building a website, like a you know a decent WordPress page, is key to branding online. So. How to grow your audience? Number one is you have to post consistently, usually daily. And I know I'm kind of learning TikTok right now, and that's what the TikTok creators are saying. Same thing. You got to post every day, maybe one to three times a day. Meaning, yes, you will have to put in the work and the time to create content. And yes, it may seem like a lot of work, especially if you're not getting paid for it. But you know, you can't think like that. Blogging is a is a creative space. It's not just、uh, to create a business. So you have to, you know, really see the value and the fun in the act of creation. So make sure you're posting consistently, and create something new every day. Like, what can I share with the world today? So if you're not, you know, if I'm feeling uninspired, I may share that. You know, I've been feeling kind of un uninspired and tired because, hey, there might be someone out there who's like scrolling, and they too are feeling uninspired, and that could strike a chord with them. So. You know, as long as you're creating something new and being honest to your, you know, life experiences, I think that's okay. Again, you know, a lot of these tips are what work for me and how I built my online presence. And not everyone may agree with all the points, but these are just things that I、um, that work for me and that I believe in. And of course, like the more you create, the easier it's gonna become. Now, I am. I would say, although like it's a lot, content creation is a lot of work. So you know, it really looks effortless. It looks like man, you know, like all these creators are just snapping photos like randomly, but it really isn't. I'm sure behind that one perfect photo was like hundreds different photos, and you know, an hour of editing and post processing, and you know, it's a lot. But I would say the actual skill becomes easier. Like photography is easier for me now. Now my eyes, you know, when it comes to composition and colors, I've trained myself, my eyes to see those things better. So it is easier. So the skills, you know, it's like anything. It becomes easier with practice. But the act of content creation does that become easier? I don't think so. I think sometimes it becomes harder because you're constantly challenged to create something new. But that's okay. That's where the beauty of art lies, right? And I think to really truly grow an authentic platform, you have to create a community. So ask yourself, what's your niche? You know, what do you like to share? If you're really passionate about food, that's your niche. If you're passionate about DIY projects, that's your thing. 
if you're, you know, passionate about motherhood and children and how motherhood, you know, all these dialogue around motherhood and raising a family, that's your thing. Like, are you recently married? Are you a single mom? Are you divorced? Are you trying to conceive? Are you still dealing with infertility or did you go through IVF? Do you have like a grief, like a lost story to share? We all have very unique stories and perspectives that we can bring to our audience and start there. And, you know, of course you want to make sure that you feel comfortable sharing. And most of the time that comes like after you've healed somewhat, like there's no way I could have talked about postpartum depression when I was really in it because it was just too triggering and real for me. But, you know, some time passes and you know that you're somewhat more healed from it. There's, there you go. Like there's your niche. There's your story. Create something new and bring it to life because again, you have a very unique perspective that can help others. And even if you're only helping 10 other people, start there. I promise you, if you're authentic and you're staying true to yourself, the 10 people will become 100 people, and 100 could become 1,000, and it just, that's how an audience grows. It doesn't happen overnight, but you just have to keep showing up and keep doing the work and, you know, teach yourself new skills and, you know, network with other people in your niche. Like, find relevant hashtags. Um, engage with those like those accounts don't just like i see a lot of uh newer content creators doing this where they only engage with people who are coming onto their page and i don't think that's really effective it's going to take you forever to grow your account you need to actively go out and reach out to these you know relatable accounts and you need to be like hey this is my account hi and follow them you know don't just you know like or comment, like follow them, like, like the photos, comment, engage, you know, create valuable and, you know, authentic personal relationships. And that's how you grow your audience. When I first started my Instagram page, I never thought about, you know, sponsor posts or making money. I really genuinely wanted to connect with other moms because I'm an introvert. So I stay home a lot and, you know, but I still like people. I still love to meet like really cool people. So I did that through Instagram. I loved connecting with my, um, with other mom um, creators. I mean, I guess they weren't called creators then. We're just moms and we're just sharing, you know, our daily lives. And it was so fun. And some of these people, like we still engage with regularly, like we're still friends and, you know, you're inspired by them and, you know, they keep you um, company through this crazy journey of motherhood. You feel less alone and it's just really a beautiful way to connect with people. So again, you know, don't just see this journey as a money making thing. Yeah, it is a business. And of course you want to treat it like a business, meaning like it's more than a hobby, but, you know, don't let don't let like the end result, like your paycheck or the number of followers take away the joy, just that pure joy of creating and connecting with people. I personally believe that the key to um, the success of my brand, Mommy Diary, was based on my community and the joy that I felt by really just connecting with people. 
Just in my DMs, there are so many conversations, so many enlightening conversations that go on. And some of you guys, after、uh, the podcast went live, like message me and thank you so much.、Um, you guys know who you are. Like I love getting those comments and I love chatting with you guys because at the end of it all, that's what this brand is all about. It's about us connecting. Like without you guys, I would not have a brand. And without that connection, like this is useless. You know why would I have a brand and a blog if there? There's no community, you know. Like the money that I make will be absolutely meaningless. So, with that said, I do want to say that brands look at not only your follower count or your likes, but the engagement and the community, and they can tell when the engagement is authentic. If you truly have fans and people who really support you and like what you are, and or like what you do, and like what you're about, that's what the brands look for. So, don't get so caught up in the numbers. Especially now, I think before it really was about the numbers, but I think now brands are becoming more、um, savvy, where they know that numbers don't mean everything. And sometimes microbloggers, people with lower follower count, have better engagement. That's just kind of the way it works because、um, they're more engaged with their content. So even if you're like under ten thousand followers, or even if you're five thousand, know that your account is valuable because you have. That much、uh, better engagement. You have that closeness with their audience that I still miss. I still miss that time of my account. So you know that part, that moment of your brand is so so valuable. So if you're there, enjoy it. Don't think, oh my gosh, I want to get to hundred thousand. No, like don't think that. Really serve your audience of five hundred or one thousand or fifteen hundred people because. Those are going to be the core members in your community as you grow, and that's that's the community that is going to give you feedback, you know, honest feedback, and they are going to be the true、uh, supporters of your work, and you are serving them. So please don't fast forward so fast that you lose. Sight of what is really right in front of you, which is your audience that you have today. Whether that's fifty, five hundred, five thousand, fifty thousand, it doesn't matter. That is your community, and that is who you're serving. And hopefully, if you're doing this with the right intention, you enjoy being in communication with that community. I hope that you—that's a process that you enjoy. Because if you don't enjoy that, then blogging is not your job. You know, again, I want to reiterate: this is not something you do for money. It's something that you do with a sense of purpose.、Um, there should be a clear why, and of course, that why may change. And、uh, in my Adjust to different realities, and now I'm gonna give you guys some tips on how to create content that is most engaging, that will translate to、uh, more followers and a better engagement overall. And please note that these are my personal tips that I found effective for myself. You know, there are so many tips out there in the online space. Um, you may or may not resonate with my tips, but the this is something that just worked for me, that I hope、um, can work for you guys. So I am a big believer of the beauty and the value of storytelling, which goes back to just being honest about your、um, your life, your journey, and 
I think other、um, creators say this all the time too. Like even Gary V, for example, he says this a lot on his platform. He says instead of just you know faking it till you make it or portraying this、um, false image that you've made it and that you're perfect and you're just you know kicking butt. Instead of that, why don't you? Be honest and share with your audience how you're doing things, and I totally agree with that method. I feel like when we are、um, open to sharing not only our wins but also our losses, not only the highs but also the lows, because that's life. You know, if you've built an entire brand around happy and colorful and joy, which I think, of course, there are brands that do this well. But I don't know. Like for me personally, like I already know that this person who is like portraying the super happy image on Instagram must be struggling because that's a fact of life. So when I see brands like that, I always think like, man, I wonder how this person's like really feeling, or I wonder how this person like what the person really deals with, you know? And I think you see a lot of this on social media.、Um, Rachel Hollis, for example, she's the author of. Girl, wash your face, and I really enjoy the book.、Um, I've heard like mixed reviews, but you know, whenever I read something, there was definitely a lot of like insightful and funny and witty things in there. And she just announced that she's getting divorced from her husband, which was super surprising because. She created an entire brand、um, by helping people through their relationships. Like I didn't follow that part of her brand so much, but I know her and her husband has、um, a podcast that talks about you know marriage and how to improve communication. And I think as recent as a month ago. Three weeks to a month ago, they've shared about how they, you know, keep up their date nights during quarantine, and how you know they have these like makeout sessions and have this like great sex life. And then a month later, they're announcing the divorce, which is you know, there's nothing wrong with divorce. I totally understand that when you're married. I mean, marriage is hard. I could be the first person to tell you how hard marriage is, but when I see Big brands do that. It really makes me realize, man, they're kind of like misdirected. They didn't really know where where they were going with their brands because if your marriage was struggling, I think they could have approached it from that perspective. Like they could have a podcast and they can talk about marriage, but from a place、um, of、uh, struggle because that's obviously what they were going through. Because they announced recently that they're getting a divorce, and this is something that they've been. Thinking about for a few years now, so now it kind of negates their entire brand, and it makes the audience feel like, okay, so were you lying this whole time? You know, it's obvious that they were portraying a certain level of like a false portrayal, like a facade, you know. And so that's just another example. You know, not that you know I'm like slamming her brand. All I'm saying is. I would see things like that, where these really influential figures later you find out that their brand was built on, you know, they they build a brand on honesty and truthfulness, but later you find that it's not, and it's very disappointing. You know, it's very disappointing as the audience. Even me, I used to follow her account, and it was kind of like that disconnect. You know, where did that disconnect come from? It really makes you rethink. Online brands, so that's not you know. I so I know a lot of people are now like I'm so over influencers, I'm so over bloggers, and and trust me, I completely empathize with that perspective. But what if 
you know, what if we create brands that's really, truly authentic? Not when we're just saying we are, but what if we create brands that are true to ourselves? You know, that can be a beautiful thing. And perhaps that is the next chapter of social media um, content creation or branding. And I really like to believe that because ultimately we're all human. We're, we all have human issues. We all have flaws. There is no one that has a perfect family or a perfect marriage or a perfect motherhood. So, you know, if you build a brand that makes things look perfect, I feel like there's that much more struggle and challenge you know under behind the scenes so why not create a brand where you are just kind of you know you show yourself as who you are you know again you don't have to disclose every part but that doesn't mean that you know you hide certain important things you know, I talk about marriage. Um, I talk about my struggles openly. That doesn't mean that I air out all our dirty laundry. I respect my husband's privacy and the privacy of his story. But, you know, and, but you could still talk about marriage. It doesn't have to be perfect. Like you could still talk about motherhood and it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, some days are good and some days are bad. I think that's just how life works. So if you are thinking of starting a blog or, you know, starting an online brand, I would really ask you to ask yourself, like, what value does this post bring to my followers? Am I being truthful to my experience? Because I think that these two questions will really determine whether your community will be solid and whether your engagement will be truthful, you know, and um, over time, I hope you guys can also see that, you know, there are really, really amazing content creators out there that do a really great job. And there are content creators out there who don't do such a good job. And it's up to us to discern, right? Okay, so now I want to kind of like briefly touch up on like how to curate a really great Instagram feed. And this is, again, what worked for me. There are amazing tips out there. So you guys kind of have to like take what you love. If you're not really vibing with some of my tips, then you don't have to take it. But this is just what worked for me. So first of all, you have to mix up your composition. You know, and this takes uh, some time and training. I like to mix up my composition, like close up with far away shots. That way you're using negative space more mindfully. And again, like these tips are available on my blog as a free download. If you just sign up for, um, if you subscribe to my blog, you can get this for free. And I would say like you have to improve your photography. Um, Instagram is a very visual platform. You don't always have to have a professional camera, although I would recommend having one. It doesn't even have to be that expensive. I have some tips on this on my blog and I will link these um, websites and the links below on the show notes. The reason for that is because like iPhones take great photos. And sometimes there are clearly photos where like your iPhone, my iPhone photos better than a SL, uh, my DSLR. But there is this um, depth that a professional camera, professional photo has over an iPhone. I would say the iPhone photos are tend to be a little more flat and um, the professional or cameras with a professional DSLR or mirrorless have more depth. You get that blurry background effect, which in turn looks more professional and just the, the image comes out a little more, I would say like a little more storytelling, you know? 
So again, if you're starting out, you don't have to invest in a super fancy camera. But if you're really serious about improving, you know, your your Instagram feed for your personal blog or for a brand page, I would highly recommend investing in like a intro level DSLR, like a Canon Rebel series is great. Um, the Sony Sony line they have really great uh, beginner like mirrorless cameras. So I would you know s- suggest looking into that. Think about the colors that you're using. You know, some people love bright colors, bright, happy colors. Some people like the, the softer, muted colors. So, you know, really think about there is no one right way to go about this as long as it's colors that you resonate with. If it's a reflection of you and your brand, then I'd say stick, you know, that's a good color for you. Another tip is don't get stuck using one filter. I see a lot of people doing this where no matter what photo it is, they'll just use like one filter and it doesn't really, that doesn't always work. Trust me, because I tried this, it doesn't work because every photo is different. Some colors are cooler, meaning it has more blue hues. Some are warmer, like with more yellows. So eventually you kind of have to train your eye to see the different colors. So like, for example, if a photo is like really cool, as in it has a lot of blue and you just like slap on a filter that's like really um, that works better for like warmer colors, like your final photo is not going to come out right. Um, so these are kind of easier, I think, when you see it visually. And I'm hoping to um, teach a class in the future that goes over this more in detail. But um, don't get stuck using one filter. You have to kind of, you know, think about is this photo cool? Is it warm? You know, what type of filter would look best for this photo for that cohesive look? And, you know, that's just the way I do it. I know some influencers love using one filter, but even then, I think to have a truly cohesive feed, you need to move beyond that one filter unless you're shooting at the same time under same lighting at, you know, every day, which is, you know, it works for some people, but it's definitely not as versatile. You know, sometimes you're out outside in bright daylight, you know, sometimes you're, you know, you know, inside where it's a little darker, you know, sometimes you may have to up the brightness, sometimes you have to lower the saturation. So in addition to using a filter that you love, you need to kind of train your eye to see that and that's how you're going to get the very cohesive look. And I love using apps um, like Planoly. I think that's how you pronounce it. Planoly or Planoly. I think it's Planoly. So it's a app that helps you curate your feed. And there are other ones too. Um, there's one called Plan, P-L-A-N-N. And this will help you see your feed in advance. So you can kind of, um, it's like almost like I love this part. It's like you're curating, you know, you're, you're figuring out, okay, what photo should come next. But again, like don't, you don't have to like stress yourself out. You don't have to be a perfectionist. Like I would kind of have some of my content already there, but oftentimes I just wing it. Like if I see something and I love it, and I want to take a photo of it. I'll just stick it in there because, you know, creative process is not about perfection it's about expressing yourself and sometimes that comes without rules so like all of these tips are just tips and guidelines but you know don't ever think that it's an absolute absolute like a rigid set in stone type of thing so for more information i hope you download my free ig tips on my website and i plan to have a course coming up soon that i can offer you guys um, but more on that later 
Okay, so we're at the final part of this episode. So some things that I learned from blogging is that my voice and my story matters too. You know, I'm an introvert. I'm kind of shy. I tend to be a perfectionist. I think it's not that I'm a perfectionist. I'm a pretty like a free-spirited person, but I grew up in an Asian-American community in a very Asian home where perfection was required. Like I had to, you know, have really good grades. I was, you know, held to a really high standard. I think that's why I was very hard on myself. And this can really paralyze you from doing anything. Like what if you're not good? What if it's not good enough? What if this? What if that? And that is something I had to really work on. But please do not let these voices of self-doubt deter you from doing whatever it is that you want to do because you have a very beautiful, unique um, story and voice that can really help someone out there. And again, I said this before, if it helps 10 people, that's great. That's where you start. So, you know, please uh, move away from being doubtful or insecure because your story is special and your perspective is needed in this world. Um, two, introverts can make a difference too. You know, when you think of social media influencers or vloggers or bloggers, you would think, you know, these are people who love to be on stage. They love attention and it's like me, me, me. And trust me, there are people that are hugely successful doing this, but me, I'm kind of like a behind the scenes type of person. I like to create, but I don't like all eyes on me. I get very shy. I get very scared and, you know, this was something that really kept me from blogging and going public with it. But you know what? There are estimated 7.5 billion people in the world and half of them are introverts, meaning there are billions of people out there who need your voice too. So you don't have to be you know, uh, like a musical theater, uh, actor, you know, the super talented, you know, like queen who likes to be on stage. You could just be like me, a quiet, timid, maybe shy creator with a strong sense of voice and identity. Like anyone can do this. You don't have to be, you know, the person who's comfortable with the tension to succeed as a blogger. And, you know, eventually these are skills that are calm. I mean, Trust me, there was, I never thought I would start a podcast. I mean, this idea was like, I was scared because, you know, one, I would ask like, who really wants to hear my story? But two, it was like self-doubt. How can I do this? There's so many brilliant speakers out there. So many smart people out there who are way better well-spoken than me. So why me? But you know what? I realized there are people who can benefit who can find my story valuable, my perspective valuable, which is why you're listening to this. So thank you guys for listening. And please know that, you know, I, I muster up this courage for you because I know that if I can reach 10 people out there and do something positive for you guys, if this episode gave, you know, 10 of you courage and hope to start your own blog or an online brand, hey, like I've done my job. That to me is worthwhile and that's what makes me so like happy. It brings so much joy to me and that is worth, you know, me getting over my fears of, you know, doing this. 
And、um, yeah, so introverts often make the best bloggers. So you know, don't let the really talented people who seem like you know such naturals don't let that deter you from creating one day at a time because you too can do this. And another、um, valuable lesson I learned over the years is you can be humble and. Proudly speak of your work and your worth. You know, a lot of、um, blogging or being an influencer. You know, I don't really like that word. Is kind of like you have to talk about yourself, right? And that can be kind of weird at times, especially if you're shy like me, or if you've been taught that you know staying small and humble is the best way. But you know what? There is value in your work and in yourself. Don't work for less than what you're worth, and that's something I lo- I learned along the way. It's okay to charge for a blog post because your time is valuable. Like that's your time, that's your skill. You know, of course, initially, you know, you might take on those jobs without pay for a free product, but eventually, don't be scared to set a minimum amount of what you think your time and your expertise is worth, and you. Ask the brands to pay that, and you know, of course, you can have a media kit. I think this episode is gonna be too long, so I will, you know, I will talk about pitching on a later episode. But for now, just know know your worth, know your value, and there is a clear difference between being humble and being willing to learn, and still knowing that your time is valuable. Don't ever sell yourself short. And I know there's, you know, a lot of it comes from lack of confidence and. I felt that before too, but I'm not good enough. Or you know, don't compare yourself to someone who's been doing this way longer than you. You know, everyone starts somewhere, and you know, find that find the value in the process. You know, in the journey, and you know, know that the community that you've built, even if it's fifty people, that's how it starts. You know, think about serving them. And eventually, as you create content one day at a time, have fun with it. It's gonna grow, you know, one by one, little by little. And you know, if you have to invest in some courses along the way, or if you have to, you know, ask questions, whatever you have to do, if your purpose is here, then I have no doubt that you will. You will do it. You will be successful. Whatever success looks like, whether you want to make X amount of dollars or just make enough to be able to,、um, you know, consider this a full time job or to quit your daytime job, whatever that looks like, know that you too can do this. And I also want to talk about the abundance versus scarcity mindset. The universe has all the things we need, and there are so many opportunities out there. Don't think that there's not enough to go around for you, because opportunities are everywhere. If you, if your intention is in the right place and you are purposeful in every post that you create, opportunities, jobs, the right people will present itself. You don't need to, you know, get in the scarcity mindset where you feel like, oh, I have to copy this person. I gotta do what that person's doing. And trust me, I see bloggers that do this even now. And in, you know, in the end, I don't think the end result will be good because at the end of the day, you need to be true to yourself. That's how your brand will、um, be truly authentic, and that's how. Sponsors will、um, recognize you and notice you, and you know as long as you have your unique、uh, perspective that comes from you, it will be valuable. There, there will be someone out there who resonate with that. So please don't forget that. 
And, you know, don't worry so much about your close family and friends. I was so trapped in this where I was kind of scared, like, oh, what would my parents think? Or what would my close friends think? Because a part of starting something like this is, you know, you're stepping out into, like, you're transitioning from an old you to a new you. Now it's time to build a new identity for yourself. That's always scary. And part of that comes from what would these people think of me? I want you to know that your family and your close friends are not your audience. I wish someone told me this sooner. They are not your audience. They'll be there to support you. If these friends, if this friend group is truly your friend, then they will support you no matter what. But your audience are going to be people that you don't know yet. You haven't met these people yet. So don't let, you know, your existing circle, this very like comfortable, safe, yet limiting circle deter you from making that big step for your future because if you are really called to start a blog or an online brand for whatever reason you are being called to that space for a reason and know that the audience you're about to attract are those who don't know you but they will find you as long as you stay intentional and mindful and you think about the value of each post. And again, I don't want to stress you out. So, you know, some days it's okay. If it's just in an honest account of what you're going through, that's okay. But most of the time, you know, every content you create, every post should lead to some sort of value because people's time, you know, everyone, our time is valuable. So we can't underestimate that. We don't just like put out random things into the universe and hope that it's going to, you know, earn us fame and money. It doesn't work that way. But if you're truly doing this to help somebody out there or because there's a message that you think is so needed in the world and that's what you're called to do, take it one day at a time. You do that. You work hard. You know, sometimes it's going to be hard and sometimes you may feel stuck. You just push through and I assure you, your audience will find you and you will find your audience and you will see the result of your hard work. And if you're really scared uh, to really face your fears, then write down your pros and your cons. You know, write down, make a list of what would I gain by starting a blog and what would I lose? What am I scared of? And I assure you, most likely your pros list will be longer than your cons. So with that said, I hope there was something in this episode that you guys got out that you found valuable. I want you guys to know, just have fun at the end of it. This journey is of, you know, about creating, about expressing ourselves, stepping into our true power, you know, finding our soul purpose. It's about, you know, creating a life that brings us joy and excitement. And it's about living our life to the fullest. That's what this is about. So as long as you're aligned to that truth and that path and you're having fun along the way, you will get somewhere. And I would love to hear your feedback about, you know, what part of this you enjoyed. If you're really using any of my tips to build that next brand or that blog, I would love to hear from you because creative energy, this creative momentum is something we have to keep going. And this is what Mommy Diary, the podcast is all about. So thank you so much for joining me today. So, so happy to have you guys here. And I will be back next week with another fresh episode. You are my sunlight. 
Thanks so much for listening to Mommy Diary, the podcast. If you can relate to any of my stories, my hope is that you leave this episode feeling a little less alone and a lot more inspired. For more parenting and lifestyle stories, head over to my blog, mommy-diary.com, or join me on Instagram at mommydiary. If you're loving this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. I love connecting with you, so send me a DM and let me know what you'd like to hear next. Talk to you next week.